0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of World at War Comics. My special guest, Miss Lori Calcaterra. She is the creator and writer of The Pell Rider by Through Charter Comics. Lori, thank you so much for being on today. I can't wait to talk to you thank about you. The Pell Rider. It's been awesome so far.
1: Thank you, Tommy. I'm excited to be here. I love talking about comics. I love <laughs> nerding out. And of course, ask me anything about my comic and I can yeah. talk for like hours. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. As you should. As you should.
1: right?
0: <laughs> Well, very good. Well, I think what I'd like to do, um, just to get to know you a little bit better, Lori, I would love to know your background, how you got into writing, where that passion came for storytelling. Can you kind of walk us through that? Like, at what age did you realize, I really enjoy telling stories?
1: It, I kind of have a weird journey. Uh-huh. Um, I started reading comics as a young adult, like college. Uh-huh. And the first thing that I read was uh, The Watchmen. So graphic novel, The Watchman, which got me into like the door. And then I started reading um, more graphic novels, Killing Joke. Um, and this was like image which had already been around. So I was reading like Walking Dead and um, Invincible and um, East of West. And it, it, a lot of those things have really influenced my storytelling is when you'll, you know, when we talk about the story, you'll see all of that, sure. but I never imagined that I would be writing comics. Um, I my story actually starts with martial arts. I've been doing martial arts since 1997 and I have practiced Filipino and Indonesian martial arts. And in 2017, um, I had formed a fight team uh, for choreography, Um, and some stunts. And um, myself and two gentlemen uh, had choreographed a fight scene for a music video for this um, production company in Detroit called Coattail Collective. Um, I ended up writing a short film called Catfishing, which you can see on my YouTube. It's hilarious. Uh, We don't claim to be actors. It's like three and a half minutes of us kicking butts and taking names like I do a wall run in a stairwell gun disarm knife knives you know you name it I run someone over with a car it's great um sounds
0: amazing to me I don't know
1: (laughs) it's hilarious like you should definitely watch it the fights are great um the acting not so much like again we're not actors but that was kind of like our calling card and um the 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 production company looked at me and they're like okay you can write what else do you want to write for us? you want to write something else, like a web series? So I wrote this web series called The Agency, which was like heavy stunts, martial arts, spy versus spy, espionage. And we had filmed probably the pilot, and it was due for reshoots. But in the meantime, I had moved, my whole family, my family had moved from Michigan to Texas. So all of that kind of fell apart. Um, but I got bit by that bug. And I wrote the script for Path of the Pale Rider under the title Dead West. And it was a full-length movie. Um, and I was, you know, being told to pitch it to Netflix, pitch it to Amazon, da-da-da-da-da. And I wasn't really ready for that. I'm not ready to, to give up creative control of the story because we all know that once someone adapts it, it becomes something different. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: For sure. Absolutely. Um,
1: and my husband was actually the one. So he was the one that read the script. And was like, this is a comic book. And I was like, ding, ding, light bulb turned on and you are right, sir. So then it became a matter of splitting it up into issues and then finding an artist and then starting my journey into indie comics. I had no connections, no idea. Um, Ran our first kickstart. Well, we had a couple of false starts because let's be honest, we started in 2020. Um, I had two artists attached and like the pandemic was rough and like trees fell on their house. And one of them, there was a shooting, like it was bad, right? Okay. Um, Both of them. Yeah. Ended up leaving the project. Um, I took all of 2021 off and I didn't even know if I was going to continue at that point. Um, It was one of those, like, if the right artist is out there, I'll be patient and I'll listen and I'll find them. And then I'll know what it, it will be right. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't want to keep throwing money at the wall, hoping that it was the right person. Um, I met Marco DeFio over Facebook. We were in a group called, I think it's Connecting Writers, Comic Book Writers and Artists, Connecting Comic Artists and Writers, something like that. And uh, he was already working on a different series it's another post-apocalyptic series and had... I mean, you've seen his art. It's fabulous.
0: Beautiful. It's it's stunning.
1: It's like not really manga and not really Western. It's somewhere in between. It has its own feel. And he drew this character bio of my main character, Jude St. Clair. And I was like, hot damn, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. So that was January 2022. We ran our first Kickstarter... I want to say March to April of 2022. We made over five grand wow, on our issue one, like out the door. Like nobody has heard of us.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. It was
1: nuts. And yeah. I was like, okay, we can do this. So we just kept growing. Um, we've had four successful Kickstarters that have all grown every time. And we're finishing up issue number four. We have like four pages left as we're recording this. And then we're moving on to a trade paperback. That's so um, cool. But I mean, like we've, Scratch the surface about what Path of the pale Rider is because we'll get into it, but it's like comic books and short films and riddles and fan interaction and shenanigans and it's a whole lot of stuff. So um, it keeps me busy and that's kind of my origin story wrapped (laughs) up. a nutshell
0: that's a pretty <laughs> awesome origin story and i'm glad that you found comics right i don't think yeah. there's the right age to come into comics i think when it happens it happens and mm-hmm. i think the door is open to a lot of people that want to get into it for the first time i think there's a enough room for everybody right
1: absolutely 100 yeah. percent um and we're there always needs to be new indie. there needs to be new stories um because otherwise we just get recycled hollywood stuff
0: yeah, it's it's true. And <laughs> I could tell you as a comic book fan, I probably spend 60 to 70% of my money on indie. And then the rest mm-hmm. of it is on, you know, DC and Marvel. There are still a few titles that I really enjoy. I'm a big Green Lantern fan. And two of my favorite writers happen to be on Green Lantern right now, which I'm oh, like nice. about. Yeah, because, you know, they change writers about every year, year and mm-hmm. a half. And some I really enjoy and some I don't enjoy as much, um, which is, I think, everybody's case right you you all have your right. favorites so um but most of my stuff like if I, I look around me it's it's all um you know unique um yeah indie stuff <laughs> so up. i'm
1: gonna to disappear for a second
0: <laughs> oh yeah yeah please please <laughs> that's uh, yeah, my bible west.
1: i love this it's such it, a
0: good title
1: oh so good
0: it is the bonus
1: material is. the lettering the colors the story everything like i'm yeah. all into east of west man
0: it's go It's, it's so good. They, they were killing yeah. it on that title yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. But you could definitely get that kind of Western feel. Can you kind of go mm-hmm. into how the story came about of uh, on Pell Rider?
1: Yeah. So I had this idea. What would happen if death broke and I wanted a new take. I mean, like I love horror. I love zombies. I, I'm a pretty big nerd. I'm in all the fandoms, but I love horror specifically because I, it, it shows a window into what we culturally as a whole people are afraid of at the time. And it's interesting to me to go back and look. Right. Um, But to me, um, I have a lot of my fears built into this story, but it would be like, Tommy, what if you woke up dead? You're still you, but your soul didn't leave and you're actively decaying. What would that world look like? And I was like, okay, (laughs) well, if we're breaking death, we're going to break death for everything. So it's not just people, it's plants, it's insects, it's animals and fish. And what would that look like? So I spent a lot of time world building, you know, like what would the government do? What would food supply look like? Hmm, that sucks. You know, people are like, well, we just become vegetarian. Well, it's like, well, the insects, you can't kill them with pesticides. So they're kind of dumb. They might continue to eat the crops. So how do you stop a swarm of undead? Look, I mean... And how do you butcher a cow? I eat meat. How do you butcher a cow that doesn't want to be cut up into pieces? And will it still move while you try to eat it? Yes. It's so gross. (laughs) And then the other thing that I wanted to build into my story, a lot of zombie um, tropes are like, the survival, um, y- you know what I mean, but they don't really focus on the why. Like, where did this, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Is it a virus? Is it supernatural? Is it government? Aliens? What? And um, there's a lot of times they don't tell you, you know. And I was like, I always want to know how and why. So that's what my story is about. Yes, we've created this really dynamic powder keg. A lot of ethical questions built into this story of how people treat each other. And I don't shy away. I shine the light on all the ugliness of humans and how terrible we can be to each other. But my main character, his his goal is to figure it out and then to see if he can put it back to the way that it was. Yeah.
0: Kind of on the search, right? As he mm-hmm. travels. It's yeah. kind of
1: like Don Quixote. He's on this impossible mission 93 right (laughs) i-93 do you know anything about i-93 that will tell i've already told people where we're going if you've paid attention to the story it's
0: there it's so cool man so then all right so you have issue one through three that are complete um right now and you have issue four which is kind of the end of that first arc of that 12 part series um yeah walk us into that process what does that look like Um, I think you mentioned you're down to like the last four pages, which is really exciting. Um, I mean, does it feel good to kind of be through that first portion? I mean, that's quite an accomplishment in like what a year, year and a half to have four issues done as an independent creator. That's, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, we're enjoying it and it's like, we have to step back and remind ourselves to enjoy the process, enjoy the issue that we're on. Um, but still be excited for what's coming. Because I know what's coming in this story, and I'm super excited to finish up this first arc because I know where we're going. And like, Marco is a little bit anxious about issue number five because of how busy it is. Um, because I cram a lot into. I don't like fluff. I hate filler episodes. Um, I used to watch, t- you know, TV, and there's good TV, bad TV. I don't know how many issue episodes of Lost we watch where we're like just open the hatch just open the hatch you know what i mean how many filler you know of walking dead were until like the barn burns down and then we're happy again i hate that filler crap so um there's a lot in my issues and of course the further we go it ramps up so it's like enjoy where we are enjoy the process and then um but it's it's exciting because as soon as we finish when we're one step closer to to figuring out what Jude St. Clair knows. He does find the answer in the first 12. I think it's okay. issue 10. He figures it out. Wow. Yeah where the second arc is a hundred times crazier than the first arc and that's saying something.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you've yeah, read
1: these, sure. we burn a lot of shit down. Yeah. Am I not gonna swear on this?
0: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. it's all good, it's all good, yeah, yeah. We burn but, a lot awesome. of shit down. <laughs> I love it though. I mean, that's what's fun about it. Uh, that's one of those uh, attracting qualities for sure. Can you kind of go a little more depth on the world building? Cause the world building is very interesting throughout this title. Like how much time did you spend on the world building? Was there any kind of research into kind of the science of what would happen yes, if yes, uh, yes. something like this broke out? I mean, there are videos that I've watched where insects do kind of decay, but they're still moving. Um, I don't know if you've seen those videos, it was like an ant and it was mm-hmm. like half gone, but it's still kind of walking. And uh-huh. they talk about the science of how that's even possible. And even yep. they call it a zombie ant or something like that when those when that happens i guess it happens often but can you walk into like did you like dig into this and try and make sure that a lot of the things that you were bringing forth there's like a little tiny bit of truth to where that maybe something like that could happen
1: um well i'm giggling because i know i'm on some fbi watch list at this point <laughs> yeah be careful what you google right right exactly <laughs> i'm like i just have to keep in mind like hopefully they know i'm a writer right at this point like um I did a crap ton of research. Uh, my, my undead people are, are I want to say, they're based off of more like a dementia patient because even though their body is rotting, the biggest thing that affects them is their, their brain decomposing in their skull. So they start to lose their memories. They could become violent and agitated. Um, they could become vegetative or, or just don't care. Um, And in this world, it's like, how would we react to that? It's like in the beginning um, when people can just basically wake up dead and still drive to work, you know, and keep, keep participating like they're themselves, but for how long, how long does that last? And does it affect everybody the same way? So I was like, okay, what parts of the brain are emotions held in? So it's like, if you. Get hit in this part of your brain, or if you have memories stored in this part of your brain, you know, they're based off of fear or based off of happiness. So it just depends on how these people die and how they decompose. They could get stuck in a certain emotion, even. Um, It's a rough place. So then, of course, the government would step in and be like, okay, okay, you're not allowed to be out at night. You're not allowed to drive cars. You can't have firearms. You can't vote. You can't own property. And then eventually it becomes illegal, you know, for an undead person to be in a living community and they create a police force to separate. That's crazy. So they're just, there's an anonymous phone number that you can call as a citizen. (laughs) And if your neighbor is supposedly hiding an undead person in their basement or wherever, they can go pick them up. You just have to make a phone call. (laughs) <laughs> we've done that before as people, haven't we? Yes, um, we it's stuff like that, but it just, it raises the thing that I love so much about this world is that I don't tell people how, how to feel about it. Yeah. Um. It's just a gray space because depending on your experience in that world, you might be an undead supporter, a sympathizer where it's like, that's my mom. That's my neighbor or my sister that they're ripping out of my house, you know, out of their house in the middle of the night. Or it could be my neighbor's undead and they ran over my cat, like get them the heck out of here before that cat is then my kid, you know? So there's just, there's, they're all over the map. Um, The government has created technology that they have to wear that we call a disc. Um, If you tap it and it's green, it mimics the heartbeat because the heartbeat is then the indicator whether you're alive or not. It can't be brain activity or anything else because people are still walking around.
0: Still doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's even a portion where I think Judith tells him, hey, tap it real quick before yep. I start talking to you, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the first issue, he comes across yeah. the kid, he points a gun in his face yeah. and he wants to know, are you yeah. alive or not? So he knows what he's dealing with. He's like, yeah. tap it. And once exactly. it's green, then he puts his gun away. He's like, all right, I'm just <laughs> looking for the road. Which way is I-93, you know? Yeah. Um, But those come into play a lot um they're but they're technology people hack technology yeah. um one of the riddles is issue three the back cover of every issue of path of the pale rider is a riddle
0: yeah
1: and they're all different so at the back of issue number three it's a qr code scavenger hunt so i think there's 24 <laughs> qr codes and you don't have to you know, there's no research involved. There's no riddle solving. It's just basically have fun and scan the codes. Yeah. But one of them takes you to a secret video on my YouTube channel. And it's literally the undead underground teaching people how to hack a disc. <laughs> like it's, it's a so real, like you can interact with it, right? Yeah. So um, but that's how the world works. It's like it works just like this one where it's like if it's technology, someone figured out how to hack it there's no question in my mind. So yeah, it's just a lot of push and pull The living versus the undead. There's living sympathizers that sympathize with the undead and crazy ethical questions that happen. You know, what happens? Uh, like if I'm a single mother and my, I have two kids and I die, where do they go when they come collect me? And can we stay in our house? Who's taking care of them? You know what I mean? Or vice versa, let's say one of the kids pass away and they come to collect them. So it's just, there's a lot of really interesting situations in the book that we address. So
0: how much, um, I certainly don't want to get into like political conversations, but how much of what, what we all experienced during COVID and every country did something, like some countries were super extreme. Some countries were like, Hey, we'll just ride through this. It's going to be okay. Like how much of that influenced how the government would function within Pell Rider? Because as you're talking right up, I'm all these memories of just three years ago are popping up and like, you know, maybe not that far off from something like the government acting like that in our own experience, maybe not to that extreme, but you can certainly relate to a lot of that.
1: Um, I wrote the script for path of the Pale rider in 2018.
0: Oh, wow. That's scary.
1: So prior to COVID and...
0: Um, so as you're seeing COVID go through after writing that, what are you thinking?
1: I was flipping out. Uh, my <laughs> sister who had read the script was flipping out to the point where she called me and she was like, hey, um, stop writing. <laughs> She's like, "Can you need to stop yeah, writing please. right now. And please. I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. If it follows the story any closer, we're in big trouble, yeah. right? <laughs> um. But it's interesting and I think issue number 3 specifically uh-huh. when we 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 jump back in time and you get to experience the fall like from day 1 of when mm-hmm. death goes missing and it looks like freaking covid pandemic like how yeah. we were glued to the TV and watching news yeah. after news after news just bad reports and getting worse and riots and being stuck at home and like hoarding food and I think the only thing that marco put in there as a tribute to 2020 is he had they had like a uh, toilet paper stashed somewhere in a box so <laughs> yeah, if you exactly. look like in the corner of their <laughs> living room they have a box of toilet paper stashed but yeah. i mean I have to go bizarre. back i might have
0: missed that but that's it's, hilarious
1: yeah we have a lot of easter eggs in there that are super <laughs> funny and most of them are marco's sense of humor like that's a number awesome. two if you look in the saloon salon uh-huh. um there is a singing bass on the wall <laughs> yeah. I invest- love it. And it used to be a salon and they took an they added an O to make it a saloon. So if you look in the background, there's like hairdryer chairs and there's those like big vanities with the lights around them, like you see at the hairdresser. It's yeah. really funny. Cause who's dying their hair in the apocalypse? But we yeah. are drinking. Right? Yeah, yeah,
0: a lot of drinking. You have to, I right? I mean, that's you. the one thing that probably helps you they get. Gotta to cope. <laughs> gotta cope. <laughs> Definitely cope uh, mechanism.
1: But yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote it prior to, and people are, have asked me, like, if you've gone back and changed things. No. No, I have not. No, yeah. that was, it's what it is, is what you're, what you're getting is what was originally written in 2018. And it's scary.
0: I'm scary. I mean, obviously you started this in 2018. So you, you know, the first 12 issues, you kind of probably, if you haven't written them already, you have it in the back of your mind. I'm a little nervous for you to write something new.
1: <laughs> and then like two years
0: later, it all come true. <laughs>
1: um, I'm kind of steering clear. I mean, where the story now Can you is do something like where... everyone
0: gets really wealthy or like a story like that? or
1: <laughs> that? I should write that, right? We should, yeah. I'll write you and I win the lotto. Exactly. There we go. And um, build a house in, I don't, I don't even want to build a house in Hawaii at this point.
0: No, uh, that's scary mm. stuff
1: i don't know we'll figure it out
0: we'll figure it out yeah that's (laughs) awesome so i mean this is incredible can you talk a little bit more about um marco because um i know you mentioned him a couple times and he is an amazing artist um how long has he been um doing art sequential art and uh I mean, how quickly did you jive with him after you started working with him? Because that relationship between a writer and an artist is so important because you Mm -hmm. are limited to how much you could say in words in a comic book, because then it becomes a novel, right? So the art really needs to tell a big portion of that story as well. So how often are you talking? That relationship to me sounds like it's really strong. And that comes through as a reader. When you're reading a comic book, you could kind of tell when the artist and writer aren't jiving. Because yeah. the words are saying one thing and the art, you're like, well, it didn't what? sound like he was flying at this moment, but he's flying, <laughs> I guess. So, you know what I mean? Can you, can, can you talk a little bit about how important that relationship is and that working relationship with Marco?
1: Yes. So Marco graduated from Kansas city's, uh, Institute of art in 2020 okay. and, um, in sequential art, like he learned from Kyle Strom. That's who his teacher was. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with Kyle Strom, please Google. <laughs>
0: Google. Google, yeah, incredible. Google. Yeah,
1: I've, I, and I was reading uh, Spread, and I've read other Twig and all sorts of really good stuff by Kyle. And um, Marco kind of held that close to him until we started working, and then he was like, "My teacher, my teacher." And I'm like, you "Keep talking about your teacher. Who is this guy? You know, do I know them?" And he was like, "Oh, it's Kyle Strom." And I was like, "Wait no. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no." real and it was like yeah Kyle from like twig and i was like okay that explains a lot <laughs> but he's been doing art since he was little you know what i mean and he's he's very much into like anime and manga and he grew up watching saturday morning cartoons um he has an amazing sense of art and i think you know with his specialty of sequential art uh it made it very easy for us to mesh Because I I have a background in art as well. But it was like jewelry fabrication and design. But I understand like sketching things and like how to communicate with artists and stuff like that. So he can sketch things and I can understand very easily what he's trying to communicate. So that way we can connect that way. But I think Marco's true skill that he leads to this is um, he reads my script and he panels these. Um, I did not write this in comic book format. It's not page one, panel one, Jude St. Clair does this from this camera angle.
0: Interesting. It's yeah.
1: Exterior. It's written as a screenplay.
0: That's impressive.
1: Exterior night, Jude St. Clair riding his horse along a trail comes upon I-93, sees a sign that says dead end, crossed out, and it says dead bear in spray paint. And we we were able to find this really nice balance. Um, we read the script together for an issue and we talk about what's important. Um, how many pages we want to give to each kind of section. Um, there's always important moments and action and things that need to breathe. So, uh, we talk through that, but 99% of the art that you're seeing is Mar- is Marco understanding the script, interpreting the script. Now my script is super descriptive. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> But um, But still,
0: even to kind of choose like the panel, the panel size, like all of that's extremely important. So for him to be able to digest that and understand, you know, that that really just needs to be a two inch panel at the top. But this one should probably be a half page. I think that's also impressive as well.
1: Yeah. And that's based on him reading the script and then talking to me like, okay, Lori, what is important? You know, and I'm over because of my martial arts background, I'm overly descriptive in my fights. So poor Marco was like, "All right, we need to cut like half of this out, dude." <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay. This is what's important, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a great working relationship though.
1: Yeah, yeah, we definitely have a great working relationship, absolutely. Uh we talk once a week. Uh Even when we're not in production, he and I live about 45 minutes away from each other. Oh, that's
0: cool. Yeah, that works So a lot of
1: times, yeah, when we're doing cons, if we're like, it's in Arlington where that's his hometown, we'll con together. We'll share, like, I'll pony up half the table. We'll just, you know, I'll set up my little stand of uh, my wire rack and I'll stick all the books on there. And then he has all his prints and, you know, we just, it's nice that way because then we cover all the bases, you know? people are usually looking for art. They want custom art or they want books. And we find both, you know, we have both. So if people come looking for comics, he kind of pushes them my way. And I'm like, if I talk to him first, I'm like, I have comics and they're not really interested. I'm like, check out all of Marco's art. So we work together, you know, at, at a table and uh, it's very easy and it's, you know, chilling, talking to someone, nerding out. We have a good time. So
0: I think it's also rare when you go to a con where the artist and the writer are there together. I mean, that's even with like the big two, right? You go to see your favorite DC or Marvel writer rarely is the artist there either because some of these artists like they're in Brazil, Argentina, Spain. So uh, they don't come together that often. So you're doing something that most of the industry is not able to do just because, you know, they're not together very often. So I think that's amazing that you're so close to your artists. That's incredible.
1: That was just luck. Yeah, I had really. I had already decided to hire Marco when I found out that he was so close.
0: Yeah, so yeah.
1: we just lucked out. We also have a colorist, uh, his name is Matt Chambers.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, he Matt came
1: on mm-hmm. with issue number three.
0: Interesting, so, yeah. So, did Marco one? do the coloring in issue two? And in issue two, okay, gotcha, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Gotcha. Issue one was black and white. Yep. Issue two was Marco's colors. Issue three is when Matt came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt is coloring issue four. And actually we went back and remastered issue number one for oh. the trade paperback release. So Perfect. it is, yeah. it is in color. And um, I changed my lettering style between one and two. Mm-hmm. So I went back and re-lettered it. So it's one cohesive, yeah. you know, story. You won't come out of the story because the bubbles change shape or you know, that's black and white and all of a sudden it's color. It's it's all one thing. So I'm that's excited exciting. for that. For people oh, that yeah,
0: somebody. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, where can people pick up um, your comic now? You have a website. Is it a TikTok shop, eBay? Where can they go if they want to pick up Pale Rider right now?
1: Um, we're in a few locations. Okay. Uh, my website has a shop. Uh, the website is just www.pathofthepalerider.com. Um, you'll be able to pick up um, all three issues. And then if I have variant covers left over from the Kickstarter, those will also be available. Plus, my merch is there as well. So I have like t-shirts, keychains. Um, I got a few other things that are on there. They it just all kind of rotates depending on what I you need a beer
0: mug, like a big beer mug that says Path of the Bell Rider.
1: <laughs> well, like I'm working on uh, my girlfriend. I don't know if you're familiar with Carissa Grant, who's a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and she I'm writes not. a series called Worthy Chaos. Oh and she's a beast. She has produced fourteen issues in twelve months, Tommy.
0: Twelve months? How? That's not even possible.
1: She's We're gonna ready. have to
0: get her on the show too. Just, just that alone, like how you do that, <laughs> and how do you afford to do that?
1: You, you, she'll have to tell you her yeah. story. It's not my story <laughs> to tell. Um, but just uh, insane. And she, yeah. she has so much merch. She is the merch queen, and um, she has changed indie because now everybody is doing what she's doing which is plushies she has made plushies a thing like nobody else had plushies on their kickstarter merch until carissa grant well she has been asking me to do a big james plushie for a while so i'm doing like pillow plushies and for a big james is a big undead bear for those of you who are seeing me for the first (laughs) time um i think that's a good idea though yeah, cocaine bear. Um, he's a big undead bear that Jude St. Clair meets on the road in the first issue, and it's a bad day. Um, you don't to want to meet least. Big James. He's yeah. a bear, he can run faster than you, he can climb trees, he can swim, uh, and you can't kill him. So good luck.
0: Nice. He <laughs> <Good laughs> was luck.
1: very lucky to get out of that situation yeah, with yeah. his heart still beating. Um, and he uh, it's a bad day for him. Yeah, the cost is pretty high. But, um, anyway, so I'm doing that. And like, I have hoodies, I have big jam hoodies. I have all, I have a choose your own adventure book that's on there. Um, I'm working on, I have 3d print stuff. So I have 3d printed disc keychains made out of wood. And, um, we usually do a Funko pop. I'm not going to do one for the trade paperback, but Mm -hmm. I have, I have my latest one here. You have to see it. So this is Cali St. Clair. Oh, man. This oh, is there Cali St. Saint- yeah. Let me see if I can get it to a place where it's not going to.
0: Yeah. You know what? Co- go like this over your face. Or maybe that won't work. Yeah. See, it comes out a little bit better. So now you could do it. Yep.
1: There, that see, is okay. awesome. Yeah. Can so we make Funko Pops?
0: How cool is that? Yeah. Sometimes the camera, because of the background, it's trying to get you and not the Funko, but that works perfect. That's awesome. That so is so is cool. The
1: fourth Funko Pop we have Jude St. Clair we have Big James the Undead Bear um we have Dwayne Fink the lovable drunk who knows something about the end of the world he's hilarious too by the way I love him we're not a great dancer by the way what's that
0: not a great dancer
1: no he's terrible at what he does (laughs) on the table he just falls right down it's hilarious (laughs) exactly uh we build we're building a poker deck where'd those go no way yes we are that's crazy Uh, I had them up here.
0: Yeah, that's hilarious.
1: So we have about three cards so far. We have uh Juice St. Clair the King of Hearts. Mm. And we unlock two cards. I came up with this like, what was it? Campaign number three, where it's like every 50 backers, we unlock another poker card. We got fifty-two cards. I mean, we gotta just keep going. So, right? So exactly. uh next campaign we're building more poker poker deck cards. Um, and I always make the previous cards available on the add-ons too. So if like you find us in issue number four and you're missing like four cards, I think they're a dollar each with no shipping or anything stupid. You know what I mean? Sweet. That's awesome. We do some fun stuff. Yeah.
0: That's so cool.
1: I do surprise rewards. Yeah. Like you don't know what you're getting yourself into when you get in there. (laughs) One of them was a handmade Remember jewelry background, right? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, I made a wooden box. With hinges, it has a um ornate hinge and on the inside is a bottle filled with ashes and bones. Um, and I burned a poem into the side. I can't remember the poem, but the gist of it is is that once death is broken, when death has abdicated the phone fo- the throne, rot and decay like takes over pretty much. Yeah. So if you put a seashell to your ear, you can hear the sea. What happens when you put a bottle of bones? Can you hear the souls of the damned? So even if you're a pile of bones, you don't get to leave.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. The
1: Pale Rider, you're stuck there.
0: Not the most motivational poem I've heard today, but still Right, very I mean, that, cool wasn't, that wasn't
1: the poem. I, I was just trying to like, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: But still, I mean, like, talk about I depressing. I don't like feel
0: pumped to go accomplish something oh. after that, but it's pretty funny.
1: But I mean, like, path is so dark.
0: It is. I love it. It's so gritty. I love it.
1: But that's why like you have to yeah. join the Facebook group and we yes. do like shenanigans yeah. to kind of lighten the mood. Um, yeah. One of my stretch goals I do every time is a called called the Slice and Dice. So Knife. obviously, martial artists, I have a collection of knives yeah. and machetes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Walk. I'm not weird. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> not at so, all. I love it. Right, I love not it. at all. I won't tell you what I collect. I could
1: see, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll let people name like a watermelon or a pumpkin. (laughs) And then on, on my, one of my podcasts, I'll dress up as Pikachu. That's a thing. And then I'll, they vote on the weapon of destruction and then I will destroy this watermelon or pumpkin that they have wow, made wow. on a live stream and it's hilarious <laughs> <you have> such <laughs> well
0: a- i am I'm, I'm almost 50 so i remember sitting with my dad watching i can't remember the comedian's gallagher? name that smashed the yes
1: gallagher gallagher
0: oh, yes. <laughs> so you go gallagher on these things huh uh,
1: last one i did the first uh, the first campaign that did this slice and dice uh yeah. they voted on a um a filipino short sword
0: so oh. I sliced
1: it into like 25 pieces, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was a watermelon, and the the, the fans named it King Joffrey Baratheon. <laughs> because nobody likes him. Yeah, right? nobody
0: likes him. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's hilarious. And
1: the last campaign we did, uh, let's see, it was called Ichabod Craven. We ended right before Halloween. It was the week mm-hmm. before Halloween. So it was Halloween themed and it was a pumpkin. And they voted on a modified sledgehammer. <laughs> so my dad was in town and we the sledgehammer is great it's heavy but it has like a small head right so it goes yeah. into the pumpkin doesn't smash yeah. the pumpkin so we fit a piece of just two by four on it so that way when you hit it it went this way
0: <laughs> yeah exactly good smart
1: we wanted a bigger diameter we didn't want it to go this way yeah, exactly. i didn't want it to be covered in <laughs> pumpkin guts but this way yeah. right so, so and i you doing tried this like in your backyard
0: or in the garage In my yard in my in yard. yard. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, we tried to light the pumpkin on fire, but it was like, yeah, it was cold and rainy. So it wouldn't yeah. light, but I will get it. I will get something lit on fire. Trust me. And then smash <laughs> it. That's on uh that's on the checklist at some point nice. in the bucket list to destroy. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I have yeah. a plethora of weapons that um, people can vote for. So we'll see the next campaign. Uh, what people decide they want so, so we have cool. fun we have fun doing stuff like that you know what i mean outside of the dark depressing death <laughs> <laughs> of the pill rider
0: yeah but i mean i feel like horror and thriller has really kind of taken over as the genre 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 right now in comic books i mean if you look at james tinian and some of the stuff that he's putting out um, i mean they're the horror scene colin bunn is killing it right now in comic books um, just because it's so popular right now. So I feel like you're really, you're kind of before that trend. So um, I mean, more power to you. I hope that you kill it on your next Kickstarter with issue four, but you're like in such the perfect space because right now, superheroes are kind of on the kind of flattened yeah. out or a little bit on the decline. And people want these more interesting stories where you do talk about things that make you think like, is that really righteous to do? And Is it wrong? Like you got to make these decisions. I think people like to have that feeling of being put in that kind of a situation through a story and then consider what would I do in that situation? So I feel like you have a great story for all of that. That's really exciting.
1: Thank you. Yeah, issue number four, which is almost done, um, really hammers on that specifically. Mm -hmm. What would you do in this situation and some of the, I mean, issue three kind of touches on the ethics, but Mm -hmm. issue four is right in the thick of it. Um, there's some pretty gnarly situations and the stuff that the art team is turning out both Marco and Matt is just gnarly Um, I like to look at it and be terrified at the story coming to life I'm like wow um, this is terrifying it's scary what you know seeing it on the page seeing it visually instead of just in my head is nuts Um, but we let's I don't want to say. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, don't say
0: anything that you don't want to say. Yeah. You'll regret it, <laughs> trust me. God, You'll be thinking God, about later like, there. "Damn it, why did I say that?" Did you did you finish <laughs> uh chopping it up yet? I got to tell him to remove that part.
1: <laughs> oh, no. I was going to say um we have a choose your own adventure book.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's not bad.
1: No. Uh that that was, I'm changing the subject. Oh, As well. So <laughs> if you want to see what you would do in this type of apocalypse, it's it it's uh in the time that Jude St. Clair is. So 10 years into the apocalypse, you start out at a saloon and you get the option to run bounties to make money. And um good luck.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I could say. Good luck.
1: <laughs> there is a way to win. Um I do put a save save point like halfway through if you get back to the saloon after the first, you know, first outing, then it's like after you, if you die in that second half, you just go back to that you know, the yeah. safe point. So it's not, you know, like throw the book across the room, but um, <laughs> it is fun. I made people yeah. run the gauntlet. The only person that got through on the first try that I know of was Marco because he knows how I write. So it's cheating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's cheating. That's not fair.
1: Right. <laughs> Everybody else dies a grisly death. So it's great. Nice. I
0: love it. I love it. I love it. I think it would um, be right that we kind of talk about uh, any one world. You and I both are part of that with uh, ASAP imagination. Um, I had 80s on and I I love the guy. Such an incredible um, person. And what he has built in the UK is he's got to be one of the fastest growing publishers in the UK. I mean, I think he's been doing it for two years um, they have several titles under ASAP and then any one He's cl- ha- I think, close to 80 different titles, um, that they are, uh, pushing out mainly through digital form. Although you can do, uh, um, physical as well in-, in the UK, but he's really helping a lot of amazing creators bring their work to the UK and other European countries as well, which is super exciting if you're, uh, an indie creator, um, can you kind of talk about how that relationship started? I mean, did you have him on your podcast? Is that how it started? Um, Like for me?
1: So I had George Medina on my show. So I run it. Okay. I have two podcasts. The first one that I've been doing for longer is called the Tuesday morning brew. And that's on the comic related madness network. Um, They have about 40 shows and they're still growing and et cetera. They're trying to build a Roku right now, which is amazing. Um, but George Medina and I have been friends. I've been on his show, uh, catch the craze a few times with himself and Sam Vera, who's also a Texan and I get to hang out with at cons and it's great. Um, so George was on talking about Russ 5077, I think he also does wonder duck and he does a few things. And this was around the same time that they were working on gig, which is global, global indie group. And that in itself is super cool because it's a hub for people like you and me, where if we're in the indie world, um, we can connect with each other and build community. And they have like different categories. Are you a writer? Are you an editor, an artist, um, a podcaster? Um, you can put yourself in all these different categories and connect with other people. So, uh, gig is a great resource. So they were on the show. First, it was George. And then he was like, hey, can um, Hades come on? And I was like, who's Hades? And he's like, oh, he's the guy that's creating gig. I wanted to talk about gig while I'm here on the podcast. And I was like, sure, the more the merrier, man. If he's a friend of yours, he's a friend of mine. Um, and I was really headed off with Hades. Like we had, we were laughing and having a good time on the show. And he was like, listen, you do a lot of things that ASAP wants to do, like with the short films and the additional media Um you know, kind of the Alice in Wonderland fall into the rabbit hole kind of thing with path. And he was like, we want to do stuff like that. I want to do stuff like that. He's like, by the way, did you know I can offer you distribution in the UK? Let's talk. So that's how it started. And I was just like, I'm there. Um, and then in 2023, I took over one of their podcasts. So I actually now host the anyone world showcase, um, where I interview the anyone world, Um, creators, creatives, etc. And um, that's a weekly thing too. And there there are so many new people. Every week, there's someone new in that chat group. And um, it's great to have them all cycle through the show. I learned so much just by having people on the show and asking them like, what are you doing? And tell me about your story. And how did you start? And it's just so great. It's so great to and everybody that's in anyone is like a giant family. They're all super nice and easy going and no drama and most of them are driven except for christian who needs to get back to work christian he's not gonna watch this so it doesn't matter <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. well, if he does i think he'll get a phone call maybe <laughs>
1: <laughs> bring it
0: <laughs> bring it on yeah, she has a lot of nice Christians so be careful
1: but but yeah I 100% agree with you ASAP and Anyone is like where it's at right now it's growing hand over fist Hades is doing things outside the box um, he announced on the Anyone World Showcase that there's books that are now at Waterstone from ASAP and if people don't know Waterstone it's like the um, Barnes and Noble equivalent over in the UK so yeah. bookstore, people, you want to get your books in a bookstore and not just, you know, online on Amazon, freaking any one world, baby. Yeah. It's there.
0: Nah.
1: So he's a mover and a shaker. And I'm super excited to see what 2024 holds for anyone in ASAP.
0: Agree. Agree. I'm very excited um, and can't wait to, to see all that amazing success. And like you said, so many amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, that are part of it um, with some incredible stories. I'm always amazed as you meet other creators and and learn how they came up with their stories, and it's just it's beautiful. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, right?
1: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm always like, we just became best friends because we talk about zombies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. So so Lori, can you kind of walk through um, your social, your YouTube pages? Um, your website, which you already kind of talked about, but I want to make sure that uh, we have all that information for anybody that's watching this. And then I'll make sure that I put it in the um, the information um, page underneath the YouTube, Spotify and Apple podcast. That way people that are listening know how to get a hold of you for your book.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, I spend most of my time on Facebook because I'm that generation. I um, thought so you can find me Lori Calcaterra, but where the real fun happens is in the path of the pill Rider group. Now it's a private group. You just have to answer one question to get in, which is, do you like comic books? So it's a no brainer. Um, but that's where like the polls happen where you get to vote on merch. What's coming next. You get to, we named a zombie lady this week. I had a, a zombie pinup drawn and people were, It's they're still naming it. Um, it's hilarious. And that's where like you get to vote on, the slice and dice you get to see like all the art sneak peeks and the merch that's coming in that one gets the first look um there's a path of the pill rider on instagram it's at path of the pill rider with an underscore between all the words which is super annoying and i have regrets however that's what it is yeah um that's there that's the same handle for the tiktok so I have stuff on there that's funny, that's um the slice and dice and um art sneak peeks to music and again making merch. Um, people like they like it when I make stuff. They that's just get awesome. the most views. Where I'm like, look at me and my cricket, and they're like, yay! <laughs> I'm like okay, um, I think the art's cooler, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm on Threads at Lori Calcaterra. I'm on X at Path Pale Writer. Um, My YouTube channel is at Lori Calcaterra 360 and I have different playlists. So there's like a martial arts playlist, the path of the Pale Rider playlist, and then um, one each for the two podcasts that I host. So the Tuesday Morning Brew, um, that's a great show. That's a two hour show where I interview indie creators from everywhere. I've had actors, actresses, writers. Um, I had this one really awesome A young woman, I think she was 14, Sandy Nesbitt, and she was a ventriloquist and uh, also musician. So she plays the guitar and sings and she sang like for all sorts of stuff for us and she likes classic rock. like Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. Amazing. Amazing young woman. So we had a blast. So I get all sorts of people on that one and then of course I host any One World Showcase so there's a, a list for that. I think I had Yeah, I have a new one, a new list. And I'm sorry, people. It's called Eat Eat Good Food Before You Die. (laughs) Because I like to like bake and experiment with food. So I have that list too. Um, So if you want to watch me make cheese and um, sugar-free, dairy-free coffee creamer that actually tastes good, that's the next video I'm doing. And I like to bake bread. So that'll be on there too. So yeah, I do all those things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a lot. That's kind of a lot, I know, Lori. I think I you've, you've got a lot going on.
1: I know. I do, but I enjoy it. It keeps me busy. Yeah. Um, my husband and my two girls, they love it. And they're always asking me, will you show me pictures from your comic or what show are you on next? And um, we have fun. We have That's fun. That's good.
0: So. That's good. Well, Lori, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you spending some time with me. I thoroughly enjoyed meeting you. Um, hope we could do this again, especially when the trade comes out um real quick do you have a date of when the kickstarter will go up for issue four that's not ready yet
1: well issue four is already funded oh so you
0: funded and now you're finishing it okay got it yeah yeah beautiful what about the trade
1: we're our next one will be the trade which will probably be end of february at some point okay perfect um if you know as soon as we finish four that's basically the last art for the trade i have some bonus material that i'm working on the other the only other thing that needs to be done is marco's going to do a cover And then that's ready. So we'll see if I can get Hades to print those. Exactly. (laughs) Dear Hades. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome.
1: But uh, so, yeah, so we'll be back around like end of February after everything is fulfilled that everybody has their books and they get a chance to read through the story. Um, And then we'll go again. And then we'll do um, five is probably that'll be February, March, April, maybe. Wow. We'll do we'll start five. You're um pumping them
0: out, man. You are pumping them out.
1: Yeah. We need to.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. I mean that's impressive.
1: I was on a podcast and he was like, How often do you release books? And I was like, Two a year and he was like, Do you realize um it'll be six years before you finish the first arc? And I was like, That's too long. <laughs> I don't like that. He's like, maybe you should speed up then. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, fine. So that's when we hired Matt as our colorist. So we're hoping to pick up some speed.
0: I actually think two a year is what normally happens in the indie world mm-hmm. because uh, you know, it's it's expensive, right? And yes. if you don't fund for air, and usually you don't fund for how much you put into it, so it's really out of pure love of uh comics and wanting to get your story out there. I mean, some people do amazing, right? I see some of these people getting you know, eighty thousand dollars and sixty thousand dollars. I'm just like, that's just incredible. But wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they get to that point. I, obviously, doing it for a long time and, and having a big following. But uh, um, it's always impressive uh, to see someone that's pumping out as much as you're pumping out, Lori. You're you're killing it. thank you. Thank yeah. you.
1: I I think we do lots of good stuff. And I, you know, it's mm-hmm. great that people can choose their level of involvement. If yeah. they just want to read the comic and get the meat and potatoes of the story, read the comic. That's the most important thing. But if you want to do the riddles and you want to participate in the short films, cause the, the short films are fan interactive. Mm. Um, those are all on my YouTube page, but you can see like the first one, we did a commercial for the undead retirement community and we had a riot. So then the people <laughs> were acting out in the riot. The second one, I interviewed people to see what their conspiracy theory was. So we did a news report. It's hilarious. My husband's in it. Um, <laughs> if you watch to the end, you get to see me get run over by a car amazing um the third one i did like a psychological horror i it's hard to explain but at the very end um the fans got to be dead bodies (laughs) which was great and then this next one i already did the credits and i zombified about 40 people uh to to play during the credits and then that one the script is done the shot list is done i should be filming within the week so wow (laughs) wait <laughs> but it's fun it's fun it it's all meant to be fun and what yeah. i love about the short films and the riddles is those are always included it's not like we have to do a stretch goal or hit a certain dollar amount in order to get those those are always part of our world yeah so that's awesome an interactive experience which is fun if you choose to participate
0: yeah that's beautiful i love it Lori. Lori, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And truly, anytime you want to come back, please just reach out. I would love to have you back again.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, this was a blast. This was a blast.
0: Likewise. All right, Lori. Have a good one. Okay.
1: Thank you very much. Bye, <laughs> Bye everybody. everybody.